Welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. Today's guest, his name is Jeremy Massa. He owns Coalesce Fitness Solutions, owns a gym. So I'm really looking forward to having him come on here, talk about fitness, talk about nutrition, and talk about what it takes for people to basically get off their ass and get to the gym. So with that being said, without further ado, let me introduce to you Jeremy Massa. All right, welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. We have lots to talk about. I got something going. I got something cooking here. This is the big leagues. It's New York. I said I was in the worst neighborhood, man. I said I had a near-death experience. Crazy? Robert, if you've been through what I've been through in the past month, you'd you'd be crazy too. All right. Jeremy Massa. What's up, Joe? What's going on, brother? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You're, so You're brave. Well, what do you mean? Just having someone you've never met before. I guess that just kind of comes with being doing radio stuff. It's almost like a blind date. Like, what if this is terrible? <laughs> well, I mean, it is what it is. It's been people that I guess we could say that we had to bear through. But, I mean, it is. I like it better because I like to explore people and and see what they're all about and you know just like on a date really to be honest with you right Mm -hmm. you can tell probably within three or four minutes is this person somebody for me right you know but for for in your aspect for people that don't know who you are just give us a little brief background about yourself okay uh so my name is jeremy massa uh i'm a friend of dave kaufman who is a friend of yours who told us you know to connect us um i own a gym locally uh i'm from Medford, right out east from here, and uh, grew up out there and um, got into fitness and started to look for an opportunity to open a gym. Uh, six years ago, we opened our first gym. And um, yeah, so that's how we made our connection here. And so, Coalesce Fitness. Yeah, Coalesce Fitness Solutions. We opened up as a CrossFit gym about six years ago. We've gone through a lot of changes over the last couple of years, finding as I grew as a person and as a coach, just learning how to deal with people and, and how to get people to accomplish things without setbacks and the kind of stuff that would come with high intensity training. So we've changed a lot as far as our approach to training people and getting people to exercise, in particular people who are looking to overcome like barriers that they they've got pain or injury or something that's a little more complicated or a lot of bit a little bit bigger of a solution that they're looking for and so we do a lot of personal training and we do a lot of individual program design now so let me ask you this so be you've been doing it for six years is when you started the gym coalesce fitness right what were you doing before that are we talking specifically about fitness or are we talking about like job wise what were we doing yeah so uh i was driving a truck I was a truck driver for probably about eight years. It's a tough gig. Uh, it was not fun, you know. It well, was, well, what are you doing though? Like, what uh, kind of truck? I was Pepsi. I was driving a Pepsi truck, so I was just doing local deliveries of Pepsi to you know all the supermarkets and the CVSs, and it was like, you know, it's a thankless job. You know, you're just kind of like grinding all day up at like four a.m. and like tr- going to the warehouse, getting your truck, driving out to the route. You're tired all the time. Everyone's cranky that you're dealing with because no one really likes their job. And it was just, it was not the kind of 
work environment I wanted myself to be in. And I didn't really go to college. Like I, I had like got an associate's degree, and like that was sort of like as far as I uh, had gone. So I decided I wanted to get my driver's license because I never really knew what I wanted to do for a profession. And I kept like going to school for like a semester, and I would do like a semester of education, and then I did like a semester of like video, and I just like drop out of it or or finish the semester, get a couple credits, and then decide that's not what I wanted to do. And so that was sort of, you know, set me up for like, I need to find a job that I can kind of get into and be able to make a decent living with. And I got, you know, a commercial driver's license and started delivering soda. (laughs) And that was just kind of where I was at. So when you're doing that, right, because obviously you switch gears, there was, and you're saying how everybody hates their job. So I would assume that you didn't like your job as it was progressing. Yeah. So was there a time that, you know, as you're driving, because you had a lot of time to think to yourself, did you drive by yourself? Uh, you know, I had a helper with me a lot, but there was definitely there was a lot of alone time. Yeah, so did, it came to a time that you're like, you know, fuck this, man. Yeah, this job is for the birds. I don't want to get up every morning. I'm miserable. I'm doing the exact same thing, same stores, same delivery, same routine. Like, you know, it got to the point. I would assume that you were just like, I, I got to get out of this. Yeah. Uh, well, I think what happened was I I, I was. I was unhealthy, you know, I was overweight and I was working at the job and like smoking lots of cigarettes and like- You smoking butts? Oh yeah, I was a big cigarette smoker. What was your cigarette? Parliament. Parliament. Yeah, Parliament Lights. They used to give me a headache. I I, I quit. I just liked the the recessed filter. It felt classy to me. That's what it did? I guess so. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I think that was like their marketing scheme. That's what it is. Yeah, now no more. You'll never get that now. No, no, no. The world has changed quite a lot, thankfully. Um, but you know, I, I put on a lot of weight and then decided, uh, I wanted to quit smoking and start changing my life. You know, I was unhealthy. I was miserable. I was very depressed. Uh, When you say a lot of weight. Yeah. I was like, well, I was about 250 pounds, like 247 pounds. I'm like five, nine. So I definitely wasn't muscular at all. It was just, you know, overweight, high body fat percentage, you know, couldn't breathe, couldn't walk. Felt like shit. Felt like shit all the time. And um, decided I wanted to lose weight, so I, I, you know, finally quit smoking cigarettes and like started running a lot. And like, my first goal was to be able to run a marathon. I wanted to be able to run 26 miles, and so that started with you know just jogging around my corner and like getting back to my house. I remember the first time I went out running, like so I was about 27 years old at the time. So the first time I went jogging, making it like just to the corner. And like having to stop and like walk back to my house. It was maybe a quarter of a mile, you know, maybe. What are you and, listening to when you jog? What, now, what, what, well, that depends. That's that's, that's a well. That's, if you, you go to like you like you know what I got to get it. I got to get into a good mood here. I'm gonna go for a long jog right now. Like, give me some of the songs that would be in on your playlist. Oh man. Um, so I'm a big fan of Lindsey Sterling. She's actually like a violinist, uh, but she plays over like hip hop beats. So they're like very high energy, very high tempo, like, and like the, the background beat just kind of like stays there, but her playing is like super complicated. I love the violin. Yeah. It's great. She, but she's like a, like, like almost like a. The way that she blends it with the like the the beat, like the electronic dance music, it's it's very unique. And um, so that's what I would listen to now, like that kind of like electronic dance music. Over the years, it'd be kind of like anything. I, I've got is a, that her right there. Oh, that is her. Can yeah. you uh, just go on a picture so we could just see a bigger? 
Yeah. So when she plays, she she was a ba- her background was she was um like a ballerina. So she's like when she plays live, she's dancing around on stage doing back bends and all these flips and stuff and just playing these super complicated parts. But she writes all of her own music and stuff and then she'll do like covers of like holiday songs and How stuff. How did you get into this? Somebody had to tell you about no, her, so right? I have, there's a couple of experiences where I've hear, heard a band for the first time and I immediately knew I loved that band. Lindsey Sterling's one of them. And I remember the exact moment. It was actually, I was at a CrossFit and it came on over a playlist on Pandora and I was like, who is this? And I like had to like stop what I'm doing and find out immediately because it's like the kind of thing that just grabbed me and made me want to listen to more. And that was... 2012 probably 2013 so when you, so when you're doing that when you're jogging and you have her in the background there's no there's it's just basically instrumental though yeah right? she has like one or two songs that have like vocals on it but it's almost all instrumental so good continue on with your story so you, you know you said you couldn't jog past the block and then you had to build up yeah so i started finding like milestones to like kind of be like that motivator so run a mile run three miles run a 5k race run a 10k race and um all this time i'm like working at pepsi i'm like getting done at like two or three o'clock going home running seven or eight or ten miles because i got up to that where it was a point i started doing it every day but i never had a trainer and i just started doing it on my own and so i just really like overdid it i ended up like blowing out my lower back getting like terrible sciatica and the first marathon i ran that week uh, on, it was like a Tuesday and I remember it because I was at a CVS in New Hyde Park and I took like a 12 pack of soda and like twisted to like put it on a shelf or whatever and just felt the pop in my lower back and like everything locked up and it was like that searing it's the worst yeah. it's the absolute people don't realize that don't have a bad back how bad like your whole day your whole life until it gets better you can't do anything no no. It's really something else. Yeah. So I went to a chiropractor and he basically like uh, like got me back to like got the pain down to a point where I could at least jog. So the first marathon I ran, I had like searing pain in my back in the back of my leg. I probably wouldn't have advised anybody else to do that, but it was, you know, you just had to get it done. I had to get it done. You know, all that training, all the all the time, all the time spent running and then all of a sudden like you're like, "Oh, I can't feel my leg." but the race is on Sunday. So probably not an advisable movement. Uh, How move. many miles was the uh, marathon? The marathon is 26.2. Oh, so you did a real marathon. You yeah. didn't do like a 5K no, or so anything like that. No, so this was like at that. the point where I was going for that full marathon. That's why, like, if it was just another 5K or 10K, whatever, I could do the next one next week. But with a full marathon, they only happen once or twice a year locally. When you're doing a 26-mile, right? So, because obviously it doesn't seem like you're airpods or anything would be able to last that long mm-hmm. right because of the the time or do they last you know the the battery life on uh, that. do you have are you listening to music the whole time sometimes on if i'm actually the last time i ran a full marathon uh <clears throat> was i did that was like seven years ago so i did new york that was the last one i did and that one all of my marathon stories are bad ideas so like they're like as a as a coach uh, I would never tell one of my clients to do this, but I did it. So uh, at the time I was training, doing CrossFit, and so high intensity functional fitness training. And there's not a lot of long running most of the time when you're doing that type of training. 
So my mileage was way down, but it was New York Marathon, and my dad was able to get me into it because he was working for Gatorade in there in marketing. So he had a connection to get me in without having to do the fundraising or the. Is that your phone? That's on. Oh no. Yeah, just if we could, just maybe, uh, just put it on silent. I should have told you that beforehand. Or maybe airplane mode yep. or whatever. So good. So you, your dad gets you in. Yeah. So all I had to do is pay the entrance fee, but it was like three weeks out or a month out. So I did like a thirteen mile run and like a nine mile run, and then showed up and did twenty six point two miles, and it was probably one of my best times because I was ready. So the thing I learned from that was my body was ready to be able to do that, but I wasn't ready to recover from that. So it took me weeks after that to start feeling normal again. Even what do you start- mean that by that though? Like normal, like what is, so you do the marathon. I've, I've never done a 26 mile marathon. Mm-hmm. What is it that your body needs to recover so from? So just like with any exercise, you're gonna go through, you're going, your muscle starts to break down and then you need it to repair. So in order to, for your muscle to get stronger, it needs to repair. So recovery is, you know whatever damage you do to the muscle as a result of exercise or stress you need adequate time for that muscle to recover so then it gets strong again you also have other systems in your body that need to recover so like your central nervous system gets taxed during exercise and that is in proportion to how far or how much you're doing so the the complete that your total load say on your body um will involve all of the things like how much you're doing, all the stuff in your day, all that stuff, and stress on your on your body and on your mind, all that stuff is connected. So when you do any sort of exercise or any sort of walking or hiking or whatever it is, your body needs it to go through an adaptation phase in order to be able to uh, complete that volume and recover from it appropriately so that you're not super sore or you're not like laid out for a week. So when you, if you were looking to do a marathon, you would taper up to that so that your body gets used to the amount of volume you're putting on it and having adequate time to recover from it. So, so, that, so you only did like 16 miles yeah, at one it point. Yeah, it was a terrible idea. So it was a terrible <laughs> idea. I want to go back to what you were saying when you said you were 250 pounds. Yeah. Well, you, what, what was your diet like? Like what, what was your go-to oh, meal? Taco Bell? It was Taco Bell and Edie's Dreamery ice cream, which I don't even think they make anymore. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But at Taco Bell, what's your what's your main uh, thing? So it was the chicken and cheese quesadillas. <laughs> I would get one of those cheesy gordita crunch. Cheesy che- gordita crunch is great. Oh, they're, they're the best. Oh, I haven't so had good. one in a very long time, but yeah. you know, I uh, just because of fast food stuff. Like I still eat regular like Mexican restaurants that where they prepare the food and it's not fro- frozen and you know cooked in a microwave or whatever yeah. but um and pepsi owns taco bell did you get a discount when you go there or something like that no no that was no we didn't get anything i work for a route owner so like okay. the entire setup of the of the gig was like against you you know you're you're showing up you don't work for the corporation you work for the route owner and the route owner doesn't even work for the corporation so you'd be in the middle of management versus the union stuff like the trucks aren't getting loaded on time and we're sitting there like for three or four hours we still have the same amount of work to do waiting for our trucks to get loaded and like you leave when you leave like whatever so um there's that sort of like that was part of the whole equation of like why i needed to get out of that yeah it was just a miserable thing yeah so you, you you do the marathon take us to the point now like when did you start saying to yourself hey I think I want to start getting into the fitness business. Yeah. You know, you, you're now losing weight. 
you're exercising, but what made you then all of a sudden think that A, you could actually own a, you know, a gym and B, that would be lucrative enough that you could support yourself? Yeah. Well, I didn't, so for sure there was a, a moment where I realized that I wanted to do coaching and training people and working with people personally um, as, as a career. And that started when when I first. Uh, so as I started doing all these run, these races, eventually a friend of mine said, "Hey, there's this obstacle course race coming up. It was uh, the Rugged Maniac, and it was happening out. I think it was out in Riverhead." And he was like, um, uh, "Is my inhaling too loud?" No, you're good. Okay, because I you're keep good. hearing it, and I'm like, "Oh man, is this gonna?" It's like... just a, it's just a professional microphone it picks up everything. Like, but you're you're good. Okay, when it plays back, is it gonna sound like it sounds? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> no, you're all right. I think. Yeah, I think you're fine. Okay, sorry. Um, so uh, a friend of mine had mentioned uh, this obstacle course race, and it's called the Rugged Maniac, and wherever it was taken, I'm pretty sure it was out in Riverhead. And so it involved climbing things and and carrying stuff and all the stuff that are, is part of an obstacle course race. And I knew that that sounded cool. And I knew that from watching Double Dare when I was a kid on Nickelodeon. I don't yeah, know if you remember that slime, show. Of course. Yeah, I remember want, always wanting to do stuff like that, like adventurous kind of like climbing and whatever. Uh, and I never joined the army, even though I thought about it because of the obstacle course that I wanted to do was primarily the only reason I would have done it. So um, knowing that I had to do all this other stuff on top of running, I started looking for, I was like working out at like a regular gym, like just doing like regular like chest on Monday and back on bars on Tuesday and a friend of mine owned a CrossFit in Amityville and he just told me about it he was a personal trainer at um, I think at Gold's and New York Sports Club and whatever uh, and he opened uh, CrossFit Pace Performance in Amityville and they're over in Farmingdale now and um, <clears throat> you know he told me about it it was like you know there's a little bit of this a little bit of that and it's very high intensity it's super hard and it talking about the CrossFit CrossFit yeah <clears throat> so I went there, I tried out a workout and it was exactly what I knew I needed to like get prepared for the obstacle course race. And then I started getting really into CrossFit and then, well, if, I don't mean to cut you off, but just for people that don't know what it is, can you just explain what CrossFit actually is? So CrossFit's a brand. And so it's a very specific thing that's kind of become a very generalized thing for anything that has like a kettlebell or a barbell involved in it. And there's, stations so crossfit by definition um is high intensity uh functional fitness <clears throat> uh, constantly varied high intensity functional fitness meaning you're never doing the same things twice you're and you're kind of uh going through olympic weightlifting and powerlifting and combining the best elements of all these different genres of uh conventional training so the idea is that because you're 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 looking at these 10 general physical skills that they've defined you know like strength power cardiorespiratory endurance and the goal of crossfit is to improve your athleticism across all those general physical skills and um the problem is that with crossfit as a as a corporation what they do is they have affiliates and so it's a licensing fee to open an affiliate so there's no real um standard for what it takes to be an affiliate owner so you've got uh if you go to a weekend seminar you can get a level one crossfit certification and then you can open your business well talk to me about the talk to me about though the 
the the routine itself, right? So like yeah. you, you were saying, so a, a regular person will do, you know, chest and tries, buys and you know, uh, back and buys, stomach, whatever, and, and and they're doing it like that. But what you're saying is you don't do the same body or the same exercise more than once. Yeah. So we've moved away from CrossFit now because of a bunch of stuff. But the, with CrossFit, it um, you're the the routine is the enemy is one of their kind of like mottos what you're doing is you're coming in you're doing some pretty complicated stuff and one day you might be doing a five rep back squat and that's the workout of the day you'll do a nice warm-up you get to the barbell you start your back squats the next day you're coming in and you're doing uh, a more high intensity conditioning and it's 21 reps 15 reps and nine reps of like thrusters and pull-ups, which is like a barbell movement and pull-ups, you know, like, mm -hmm. and then the next day is something else. And then the next day is something else. And then eventually you, you cycle through all this stuff and you start to see some progress with it. Uh, but what it, it, it became was a sport. And so when people who are familiar with CrossFit or even made a herd of CrossFit, the, the first thing that most people hear is that it's dangerous and that it causes a lot of injuries. And so when people start asking, like, is that true? Is that true? Inherently, no. Is that true within the industry? Yes. But the reason is because of the lack of uh, the lack of credentialing that's required to own a CrossFit. So you've got these very complicated movements being done at high intensity under inadequate supervision. Because most like, and this is this is not to say that this is true of all CrossFits because it is absolutely not. But what happens is there's like fourteen thousand affiliates around the globe, and it's a license, so you don't need to follow any sort of. There's no um, regimen that they're doing. Everybody's doing the exact same thing right. throughout all the CrossFits. Right. So right. that doesn't exist. So the the CrossFit owner makes their, all their own decisions. They get to choose how they can, what workouts they're doing, how those workouts are coached. They could do, they could call it CrossFit and do something completely different. Okay, so and so it seems that you're saying is that's not a good thing, that there's not a uniform across the board way of doing things because everybody's now starting to do something different and it's no, it's almost turning into not even being CrossFit anymore. It's, yeah, so because of the lack of a standard, it, it it allows for a lack of uh, consistency. So if you don't like, if I own a CrossFit and someone across town or across the island or across the country owns a CrossFit, the way that they coach, the things that they allow, you're you're talking about complicated things where people's bodies are being asked to do some pretty strenuous activities under. Under, lack of supervision or, or not proper credentials to to, to right. supervise. And so cumulatively people end up getting hurt because they're overtraining or they're over over patterning a joint and so they start to get overuse injuries if not major injuries. But is but that's not because of CrossFit. That's because of it's that bravado that kind of comes with it. It became like the same people who were doing obstacle course races and, and adrenaline junkies get found CrossFit in like 2014, like 2011 to 2014. And uh, the CrossFit games was where it's like their, their Super Bowl. And the, the brand made a move towards the competitive side of that where they started taking the general person who comes into your gym and wants to lose weight and saying, okay, this is what you want to do because this is what uh, the best in the world are doing. 
And so there's, well, uh, let, let me uh, let me just intervene for a second here. So, because it, it, it's amazing to me how you are this fat guy eating Taco Bell, drinking probably a lot of soda. Oh, I love you that. know, smoking butts. How many but how many packs a day were you smoking? At least a pack and a half. That's a lot of cigarettes. Yeah, well, I drove a lot. Yeah, of See, course. That's know? the best thing. As soon as you get in the car, smoke it right up. Lived in Medford. The warehouse was in Amityville. The route was in Mineola. So you're all over Long Island. Yeah, and energy drinks and cigarettes and you know. So so, it seems to me, and where I'm I'm leading to is is that you just totally just jumped into this whole physical fitness thing from the marathon to the cross fitness but then it gets to the point that you're going to say i'm going to take it even further and make this my life mm -hmm. meaning my life work yeah right so i i would assume though you then start training people mm -hmm. right and that's something that you said you got into well talk to me though about owning the gym talk to me about how that is all you know how, how that even starts if somebody wanted to own a gym is it that simple that you just Get a place and get weights in there, or is a lot more to it? No, that's it. <laughs> that's really it. it. That's it, man. Uh, so there was a point where I started coaching CrossFit. I learned, I got my CrossFit Level One certification, and I had a really great mentor who Lenny Pace, who owns CrossFit Pace Performance. He mentored me and he started teaching me how to coach because he had a long background. He had a personal training background, so he had this really deep long history of credentials within the fitness space so when he started teaching me to coach it was always about like looking at things systematically and taking an approach to things systematically learning as much as you can about anatomy and physiology and being able to assess and uh you know look for problems whether it be in the way that people move or in whatever the the joints themselves being able to correct the way people move and progress them based on where they're at and so when i was working for him i was only coaching part-time and one day uh, it was like christmas and i only coached like one day a week and like the members gave me a present like at, for and thanked me for being a coach and all that stuff and like i just remember feeling like oh wow they remembered me like because in that whole pepsi thing like no one says thank you for anything like you you're it's like oh you know i was just like you just were expected to do the job and when you start to work in a in a field where you're helping people and trying to help people change their lives there's obviously a lot more emotional connection in that and then people are grateful for that so and you're getting gratification from it now because people yeah. are thanking you and you're like wow this is this is not common yeah and so that was kind of the moment where i was like i need to do this for the rest of my life like are you are you married I'm engaged. Engaged? Yeah. How long have you been engaged for? Uh, like six months. Wow, look yeah. at you. You have a wedding coming up? July. July 24th. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. How did you uh, propose? Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, so I had, um, where I grew up, there was this place uh, right by my house in the woods where had all your Playboy magazines? Kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. It was like where we all where we hung out, like yeah. where I spent most of my time uh, projecting about the future and thinking about the world I wanted to live in. And um, you're a big thinker. I am. Wow, uh, I can yeah. see. You know, now that I'm, this is this is it. Now, now I'm starting to get a little bit more. Yeah. Of who Jeremy is, you're you're a big thinker. You analyze everything to a fault. You smoke pot? <laughs> no. Did you smoke pot? Yeah. And then and probably did the reverse effect on you. Because uh, when I smoke pot, 
it's good for the first 10 minutes and now and then I get into overanalyzation mode and I overanalyze everything. Is that something that was with you or did you just get high anxiety? Uh, no, no. I think it actually kind of helped me concentrate. Um, but yeah, I think I think the overthinking thing just kind of comes with... I, I've always been hyper self-aware, I think, and, and like probably negatively and then... You know, the reason why I'm asking because you say this is where a lot of self-thinking was. So I, I'm, I'm envisioning you in the woods, sitting like, you know, underneath a tree and thinking about life at the age of 14, 15, 16 years old, yeah. which is something a lot of people don't really do. I think it's a great thing because you're starting to give a perspective on what you want out of life mm-hmm. and you have your alone time and, and whatnot. So, but it also, in my opinion, it... It, it shows the char- characteristic of you. You know, you seem somebody that does that wants more for out of life than what they maybe have at the moment, right? Yeah. They start putting things together. Is that something that you would say that you are, that you're always trying to get more out of life? I think, yes. And I think where I'm at now in the world is understanding that this has all been like, building blocks you know experiences and like learning and you're kind of like looking at the world and or i'm kind of looking at the world as like i don't want to live vicariously through other people so much as much as i want to follow examples of it but um i think it comes from having a long love of music and lyrics and so writing a lot of music writing a lot of lyrics and like just trying to wait you're writing lyrics yeah and you're writing music yeah where'd that come from that would you didn't that that that's that was my first plan of uh who i wanted to be in the world and it didn't it didn't work well um when I in, when I was younger, the type of music I wrote was like very aggressive. It was like a lot of like very aggressive. Give me like hardcore. something. Give me something that you. I'm sure if you wrote the mu- the lyrics, you have something. Give me like a a verse of an old song. Yeah, like that. You mean that is very aggressive. <laughs> um, shoot. Anything. Uh, so. I have to think about it. So, uh, so okay. Oh man, I don't know if any of it's appropriate. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Everybody's saying anything. I, you can curse, you can say anything you want. This is this is this, um, this is good. I like this right here. Oh man, I'm like drawing a blank. Uh, but is it like it, like Rage Against the Machine type stuff? Is it was, that what you're saying? The stuff I was really into back then was like, as it was a little bit more like Pantera, Pantera, and, and like hardcore, like hardcore, like Long Island hardcore, VOD, Vision of Disorder, and uh, so it was like just a lot of screaming, a lot of just raw emotion and when I was younger it was all about like writing lyrics that were trying to connect the dots for myself that other people might also identify with all right, we're going to take a quick break in the action here. Got to pay some bills. Today's show is sponsored by MyPillow.com. Make sure you go over to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TJCS. Why is that? You get up to 66% off everything in your cart. So whether it's the Giza sheets, the pillows, the slippers, the blankets, you name it. Go over to MyPillow.com. You punch in promo code TJCS and you get up to 66% off your entire cart. 
Also, today's show is sponsored by the illiteratemillionaire.com. And that, of course, that course has been given to you by Brian Karp. Brian Karp is the real estate giant here on Long Island. The course is targeted for entrepreneurs, real estate brokers, just brokers in general, anyone basically who wants to raise the temperature of their sales game. What's involved in this course? Well, Brian pulls back the curtain on his real estate business and how he started off selling three houses to friends and family, and now he's selling over 200 houses a year. Just in 2021, this man sold over 260 houses. Do the math. We live here on Long Island. Each house, the average house is around 500,000. He sold over 260. Again, you have to go to illiteratemillionaire.com, and here's the best part. You use our promo code, T-J-C-S, and you instantly save $500 from the course. How was your childhood? Uh, you know, it was it was there. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, I I had a loving family and I just always have been an introvert, you know, and I don't think that I was ever taught how to manage feelings well, not because of my family or my parents, but because I didn't communicate well what type of things I was going through emotionally. Uh, and so I, well, give me some of the things that you were going through emotionally that, that you had difficult, you know, expressing at a young age. Well, I just think anxiety, depression, the, the, the kind of like I was, I've been hospitalized when I was like 13 for depression and like, I've been in treatment for it ever since, you know, and that was a big part of why I got into fitness was like, I needed to get Have a healthy. Release. Yeah. Like, I, well, I need to get healthy and because I was so sick uh, emotionally that, you know, medication wasn't working, like I wasn't feeling good. And without any sort of health uh, and wellness, I would have just been depressed, morbidly depressed for the can, rest of my life. Can you, for, you know, someone, I mean, I don't know too much about depression. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I, I'm, I, I go through depression right. states and, and stuff like that. But yours seems like, you know, it actually you know, made you incapable of doing certain things because it was taking over your life. Yeah. Can you just give me an, ex you know, give me an example of how that was? You're 13 years old and, and what, when you say you're depressed, what, what was going through your mind? Like what was, how do you handle that? And what goes through things to, to actually sit there and say, I need to now be medically examined because I'm not doing well. Yeah. So at 13, it was, it was, it was just, I don't know if it was there, like, you look back on it and you go, oh, well, this was around the time of Kurt Cobain's suicide, you know, and I was a big Nirvana fan. And depression was, like, almost cool. Like, so was I just kind of going along with the flow? And, like, because I was into music and, like, my friends were into music and we all listened to music and Kurt Cobain was depressed and I'm depressed too. And, you know, Kurt Cobain killed himself. I'm going to kill myself too. Or was it, like, something really going on? Well, hindsight, you know, I'm 41 now and I'm still working through a lot of those mood states. You know, I still have a mood disorder. And if it weren't for, you know, now I handle it a little bit differently, but then I didn't know what was going on, you know, and, and what were you doing? Like, like mood states. What, what, give me an example of what a mood state is. Just like is. the dark depression stuff at that point. I, and you go in your room and you don't come just out. Just don't come out. Like, don't talk to people. Don't like associate with family or friends. And like, Almost being. Did, did, did you ever think about killing yourself? Yeah, I it, yeah for sure. Uh, but that was more of like 
middle school, going into high school. But why though? What, why do you think now that you're 41 years old and, and you say that you reflect, mm -hmm. what was it that you were going through that was eating you up inside that was making you depressed? But I think that's the thing is like, I don't think there was a thing. You know, I don't think there was a one thing. I think it's the chemical thing. I think it's whatever is imbalanced in a, in a person. And I think that because of that, it creates this cyclical thinking. And you start to think about like, oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. And anyone, anyone logically would say, well, change the way you think. It's like, okay, well, how, you know, and it's yeah, it's crazy. It's funny that you say that. Not I mean, actually funny, but it's just the fact that you know just change the way you think. Well, it's not that easy because no. I got these thoughts that are coming into my head that I can't push out. Yeah. And if I knew how to do it, we wouldn't be having this conversation to begin with. Easy peasy. You know. And then you say that you you know a chemical imbalance, but you said that you were taking medication, which wasn't working. Yeah. Right. So, you know. I wanted to go back to this point though that you say that you know you're thinking about killing yourself. How far did you actually go into that? I never like made an attempt on it. I started to like scratch myself with an exacto knife, but like more on like the top side of my arm to kind of like just feel something, you know, like I wanted to see what it felt like. You know, I wanted to see how much it would hurt. And you know, so that got me into the guidance counselor's office and then they sent me for a psych evaluation and then you're in friggin' your ninth grade and then like you disappear the whole end of the year and then you feel like a pariah for your, the rest of your life basically um, because you think people know and maybe they don't know maybe they do know and they're probably not paying attention to you anyway like they're probably not but at that age the whole world is looking at you right you know what I mean and it's, I can only imagine what it's like now with social media and trying to grow up with everything everyone knowing all your business and everything did you ever think though now that you're in fitness is you know when kids are growing up and they start getting into these type of mood swings and or maybe a chemical imbalance it's all of the terrible food that they're eating and what it's doing to their body and it's making that type of a chemical imbalance yeah i think it definitely plays a, a huge part on it for anybody who and you know for the kind of things that we put into our bodies and call food is basically chemicals you know you're basically anytime eating your preservatives they're just chemicals they're anything that has a shelf life that like avoids decaying in natural processes it's probably something that your body's not going to really break down that well either <clears throat> um so uh sugars uh salts all the stuff that kind of plays with you hormonally like or uh gives you a boost right yeah like anything that's going to affect your endorphins it's going to affect your adrenaline it's going to affect your serotonin your dopamine like these are the mood uh chemicals in your body so sugar drives that stuff crazy. Things like cheese will affect your dopamine levels. Like so, dairy. Cheese, um, I didn't even know that. That affects your dopamine level? As far as I know, yes. Uh, you know, so I, what I want to go back to now is, is you start f finding out that there's some type of maybe chemical imbalance, mm -hmm. you're taking medication. When did you get out of it? When did you start saying to yourself that there was a light at the end of the tunnel that maybe life is better than I think that it may be, or is it just still a constant struggle for you? Uh, so is it a constant struggle? It, it, man, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, and because I believe that it's, it's part of a holistic approach, like mind, body, and spirit, like if you're not approaching those things together, you know, especially if you have a mental health problem like I do, 
And um, were you diagnosed with a mental health issue? Oh yeah, no, I still I'm still in treatment. You know, I still go to a psychiatrist. I still have a, a therapist that I see. And I tried for a long time to just be completely holistic with no medication. Um, and you know, I had a lot of like therapy and stuff, and a lot of like friends and network that I talked to a lot about it. A lot of the stuff I worked on through running and listening to a lot of podcasts and like learning about philosophy and learning about thinking and being able to use logic to like, you know, what, what is actually going on right now? What is actually wrong right now? But when, um, what I, I don't know that people without depression or mood disorder or bipolar or whatever the thing is, the diagnosis might not understand is that <clears throat> when you are having an, an attack like a depression or ma a manic attack like it doesn't make sense you know it's not like you wake up one day and like like as best as I control my food the amount of exercise I get the amount of sleep I get the way the the time I put into like breathing exercises to keep my <clears throat> my my central nervous system kind of down regulated it's still you, you wake up on Tuesday and it's like oh things are going like things are going great and Wednesday morning rolls around and you're like I should probably sell everything I have <laughs> it's not about me to laugh but I, uh, I I'm I, going I, to Montana I'll go I to, might I, learn how to be a rancher I might just be homeless I don't know I'm just gonna I'm this is not working it's a really that's a big struggle right there and I'm, and I'm not laughing at no, you no, because we all go through you know we could be in the best of moods. And I thought you, I was going to take it even further. You said wake up Wednesday morning because you said Tuesday morning you wake up and you're great. I thought you were going to go into say, and Tuesday night, you're miserable. Yeah. Because everybody goes through it, the ups and downs, and, you know, and, and has to fight through certain days. What is it that gets you through it, though? Like you said, the podcast gets you through it. You know, actually, I, I want to just, I, I want to ask you this because you, you said you went to the holistic approach. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people say that when you start taking medication to get off of depression, eventually it starts making it even worse because you gotta keep upping the doses and then you're never, it's more of a Band-Aid than a cure, right? Just like anything, uh, and this is true of physical injuries and mental and emotional stuff, like anything is a Band-Aid unless you maintain it. So if I were to take medication for a mental illness, if I'm not doing all the other stuff with it, the talk therapy, like the journaling, the meditation, the exercise, it, it would all just be a Band-Aid. Um, my goal is to not be on it, but like I have to take a low dose of something because there are things that like happen like mentally where I'll be curled up in a ball in the afternoon because like I've, you know, I have time to myself and like I'm just, I just don't want to do anything. You just physically drained. Sleeping. For, mentally drained. Yeah. So, so how did it then you, how did you get out of it that, to the point that you're like, you know what, I could start living a normal life and I got to get back in there. You got the job, you went to college, you know, is that probably one of the reasons why you think that when you went to college, you were in and out? Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Like between just, and just, you know, I, I also, I didn't know what I wanted to do, which that, that's a part of it. But then just like the anxiety of just dealing with little things and you know, I don't know. I think from where I, the things I think about now with philosophy and like 
just personal development and being able to overcome adversity and just having the ability to like know that hard things are just hard things and the only way through them is one step at a time and just keeping that consistency of just showing up, just showing up, just showing up, just showing up. And then all of a sudden you've accomplished the thing. Like that that's something I never understood, I guess, or was never really communicated to me well. And that I learned as a result of getting into fitness of getting into like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna run a marathon like most people aren't gonna uh wake up one day and just go do that like a lot of people will wake up and decide to go train for that but there's a it's like everyone wants to be able to say they can do it but then when you find all the work that needs to go into it they're like yeah i'll spend that two hours a day like watching wheel of fortune yeah you know which I never watched. I can never get into that show. You're a big Wheel of Fortune guy? No, I'm probably more of a press your luck. Press your luck was the best. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Yeah. It was my favorite show of all time. Yeah, it was a great one. That was a great one. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to go back to this this little uh, spot in the woods because we're yeah. going to get to your engagement oh, there. Yeah. That's a really, that's a genuine spot for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of things got figured out over there, right? Yeah. That was, you know, especially now that it makes it makes a lot of sense now that you would go there. You had, you know, with this illness, and you'd go there. It's your alone time or whatever it was. You said that figuring things yeah, out, processing place, yeah. processing place. So it has a lot of value to you, yeah. right? You, you, did you go there often when I was a kid? Yeah, it was like basically where we just, you know, we were never really home. We were in the woods, hanging out, like defying death, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so take me now to. You know, because it, it, it's an odd thing that's your personal place, but the person you're getting engaged to really doesn't know too much about it, doesn't have too much history. Yeah. You know, was that a risky thing? Did you have to explain, hey, listen, I'm taking you to a spot where Yeah, so I figured out life? <laughs> There's a scene in uh, the first episode of The Wonder Years where uh, Fred Savage like sits down with Winnie Cooper or um, whatever his name is in the show, Kevin. And like it's like the end of the show where uh, they must be like ten years old in that show where he like sits her down on like a br- tree branch or something and like puts his jacket around her because her brother just passed away, and like you know from that moment that like he's meant to be with her, you know, and like I remember that and imp- like putting uh, like having an impression on me when I was a kid and like being that moment that I always wanted, and. You know that the woods where I grew up was like a lot like that, where it was like home base, right? I always, I always imagined like that, like young love kind of thing happening, and like just where the dots kind of connect. And so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there it is. You know, yeah, yeah, there it is. So, but, but, but it's it's also risky because, you know. They probably didn't know where they were going. So the funny thing is like when- How that, do you get the person there and say, so, hey, listen, I gotta show you something. And we live in Huntington and that place is in Patchogue. And so uh, she had like a stomach virus that morning. And so she had been like it, like throwing up. It was like, it was. she probably wouldn't want me telling the story on a podcast. Bail, I got a bail. Yeah, you know, yeah so, um, you know. Rooting your whole all, thing. All day long, uh, she was like death, like dead. And all of a sudden she's like, I just want to get like some fried rice. And I was like, okay, let's go for a ride. And so I was like, I know this really good spot in Patchog. <laughs> <laughs> you got the best fried rice you'll ever so eat in your we, life. We like pull over to the side of the road right by it. I was like, hey, can I show you something? Like, and and she's like, no, I just want to eat. <laughs> and I'm like, 
okay. And she like could tell that I was upset that I wanted to take, I was like, hey, can I, you want to take a walk? And so- um, <clears throat> I'm surprised that you did this, but this is, this, this is something about, who says a lot about you. You had to get it done that day. Yeah. Because a lot of people may bail. It, it, I'm surprised you didn't bail. Once she says she's not feeling well and, you know, now we're talking, you know, she just wants rice and then she doesn't want to get out of the car. It was like, I wanted it to be a surprise. We were right around Christmas time. I didn't want it to be on Christmas. Because uh, then you, then she never has to give back the ring. Well, it doesn't no, work out. no, it was more about... Um, it was more about just the sentiment of it, I guess. And uh, like the week before, so I had, and I hadn't, so I had the ring like on her birthday was the week before. We had our, our gym Christmas party the week before that. And like, I wanted to ask like in like a big way, uh, but like I hadn't talked to her parents yet and I wanted to do that just to make sure it was, you know, the right thing to do or whatever. And um, how was that? Going to yeah, the parents, you know, and, it, they're, we, I'm pretty close with them. Like we spend a lot of time. So you with do, her you family. knew it was a guarantee that they would be okay with it. Like you already had that vibe. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing's a guarantee, I suppose. But I wasn't, I wasn't unconfident about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I and I and we were just, we were just kind of there. Like it was like it was that weekend, or it wasn't happening for another two weeks or whatever oh so it had to it was that that was my die. plan and so went for the walk she said yes we, no uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so you get her to the walk right I, I mean did you start explaining to her hey listen this is where this happened yeah, this is where we used to hang out yeah. This, you know means a lot to me because if you're just taking somebody into the woods Right, and that's where you're going to propose, and it could be anywhere in the woods. Why did it have to, you know, be all the way there? And you know, right. you, I'm sure you had to lead there, up. To there that. was sort of the the story of like this is where me and my best friends growing up spent all of our time in the woods, and like it's where I learned about being adventurous, and like we used to jump out of the trees and swing on. We tie hoses to the branches and swing, and you know, sort of where my worldview was shaped because that's where we hung out that's where we, where we talked about what we wanted to be when we grew up and whether or not those things came to fruition to fruition like you know you start to I, I think a lot about visualization and what I want my life to look like what I want the world around me to look like what I want the people around me to be like what I want to be like and you know a lot of it was started in that spot and so you know, I kind of talked about like that impression of love and um, with that scene and um, kind of explained the whole thing and asked the question. And it's cool because there's like this big hill that goes down into like almost like a valley that's like out of nowhere kind of hill in the middle of Patrog. And just from where she was standing is like this big, beautiful view for me, like behind me, there's like a warehouse. So there's like this warehouse right behind me. And then like this, like it was like late at night though. But like I can like in my head, that's something that was like a photograph that got taken right at that moment. You yeah, know, you'll never like, forget. No, yeah, it was super cool. You know, you you <clears throat> say a lot, and, and I want to get into the gym now in, in the next part. But you keep saying it's like maybe the second or third time you said, "The world that I envision around me, or the world that I want to be around me." Mm -hmm. What is that world? What does that look like? So you know, I think that for. For me right now, I, when I first opened the gym, like it was about having fun. I opened a gym that I would have had fun at, that I wanted to have like a lot of members who were just almost like partying every day and working out really hard. 
and um partying every day working out really yeah hard. you yeah. know like the thing is like the kind of vibe that we wanted when we first got in when I, when I first got into this was like high energy high uh high intensity go big or go home no pain no gain and you know i think because of like stupid little injuries that i would get or i got some bad injuries too from it but um you know the the priorities change you know values change principles change i believe that i'm still a developing character in the world like i'm definitely not uh a stagnant person like i'm always looking to to grow so I think that the world that I envision is like, I want to be around people who are looking to do things, who are looking to, to change. Like we don't do like people who are like, Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. It's like, okay, well you could do that anywhere. People who want to transform as an individual and weight loss might be part of that, but the confidence that they gain from the weight loss and the ability to say, I can do other things or whatever the goal is. Um, so the world I envision around me, especially is like a world of positivity, being able to be around people who like genuinely care for each other and be able to communicate with those people. Um, I like to work with people or like type of people that I see are ambitious. They're looking to do things. They have high goals. They're high achievers. And, and and it's perfect for the gym atmosphere yeah. because that's what they want. Everybody's going there to try to better their lives. So it's a great way to start, especially like you. What you said is you want to help people. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about how you started the gym. How long? It was six years ago. Yeah, uh, we opened as a CrossFit six years ago. And again, and Eric, can you pull that up? That the the gym website. And so so talk to me about. Hey. And there we are. There he is. <laughs> Coalesce Fitness Solutions. Yeah. So first of all, how did you get the name? What, what's in the name? So Coalesce means to come together, to grow together, to make one out of many. And so initially the, it was almost kind of like, okay, so the CF stands for CrossFit, which we've officially dropped, but I've, we just have our website redone. I got to send them new photos. So Coalesce Fitness Solutions, we were CrossFit Coalesce. Part of it was uh, we owned CrossFit Quorum. I had a business partner at the time. And when we opened, we didn't want to drop our logo, which was like a C kind of thing. So we wanted a word that started with C, and I thought Coalesce was a cool word, so we used it. You had a partner, you said. Yeah. You don't have a partner now. No. Why? Uh, we had two gyms. We had two visions, and they weren't in alignment. So we decided for the sake of our friendship, and uh, our individual visions, like let's separate the gyms, do our do things the way that we want to do them, and uh, you know we're still friends now. We, we just came to the gym the other day. We recorded a podcast episode ourselves. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So we're you know like we were. It was just. It wasn't in. It, it didn't end in a bad way. It probably would have if we didn't separate. You know, I think it would have because there it, when your small businesses, it's it's almost like. Both people are like trying to just, we were like, we were nipping at scraps kind of stuff. Like it was a new business, not a lot of money coming in. Like things are like, and both of us are trying to support ourselves individually from it with two different visions, two different crowds. We'll never work with two it different just, visions. It just wasn't going to work. Yeah. 
So, but so then you decide you want to open up your own gym here in Northport. So we, as we were together when we first opened as CrossFit Coalesce, and then in uh, 2020 when we got shut down, I went through a whole lot of stuff, like you know, personally, mentally, emotionally, and realized that my vision was no longer in alignment with CrossFit, and decided to rebrand as Coalesce Fitness Solutions, and uh, change the priorities of how we do things and the values that we're doing them with the principles that we're training by um i don't know what your i I don't know how successful the gym is you know and how lucrative the gym is but you know you just touched on something that i wanted to get into i was going to ask you anyway Mm -hmm. and now it's the perfect opportunity you know you you know in 2020 you're probably what four years into your into your venture yes and I don't, again, like I said, I don't know the ins and outs and I don't know the financial situation of the business, but what did COVID-19 do to you in a business aspect and then you mentally having to deal with that and not be able to do what you love? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was rough, obviously, but I think that comparatively to what everyone went through, uh, it it wasn't that bad, you know, like we, it was a lot of isolation is probably not good for anybody so it, it definitely triggered some stuff mentally for me and the anxiety of wondering whether or not we'd ever be able to open up again and then opening up again and being like we're going to kind of distance ourselves a little bit from crossfit which is kind of like that you know the safe place to be and um did you make so so when you say that you getting away from crossfit yeah did you make something up on your own that you're now doing that the gym like coalesce fitness is now doing a unique type of you know exercise yeah so we got in alignment more with uh active life rx and so what we look for now is we're doing more one-on-one stuff we're doing more individual program design it's less of a group thing and more of a personalized thing so in crossfit it's all a class it's all one workout this is the workout eight or ten people who may all have completely different goals. This is the workout we're doing. We're gonna modify certain things to your ability level, but this is the workout. And because of that, you might have someone who wants to lose weight in the same class with someone who wants to get stronger, who in the same class of someone who wants to run a marathon and say that this workout is adequate to meet all those needs, which is impossible. Those things are all different Meta- like metabolic processes those are all different training volumes they all have very different protocols to follow uh, so now what we're looking at is what is the individual looking for what is the individual's goals and we're working with people one on one to help them get past whatever it is that they're trying to do um, but now why the switch did you see were, were people not as happy as you wanted them to be in a group type of atmosphere and the CrossFit and because you couldn't get their goals. Yeah. What made you sit there? What was the th- the one thing that you said, you know, this isn't working the way I wanted it to be. Let's try a different approach. A big thing was overuse injuries, uh, even trying as best as we could to modify things to people's ability levels. The way that CrossFit programs or even like CrossFit's main site, there's a lot of repetitive motion. And a lot of it is in one direction. So you got a lot of up and down, forward and backward, not a lot of side to side and not a lot across your body. 
And your body needs to be able to do all of those things in order to remain functional, in order to remain independent. So we wanted to get, and what CrossFit tried to do was, uh, they got into like functional fitness. What are the movements that we need to do to be able to perform things in our life better? But it left out a lot of stuff with rotation, with uh, single leg and single arm movements. And what happens a lot is people get injuries, people get overuse injuries, people get uh, compensation patterns that cause discomfort, and it limits the, the, their ability to train. It limits their ability to exercise. And with something like CrossFit, you can you can kind of work around things, but when you're working around things, you're, you're probably just making things worse in the area that you're trying to get past because you're not addressing it. You're neglecting it. Exactly. <clears throat> and so now we, we want to be able to address those things and prevent them as best as we can by doing movement screenings, by doing strength assessments, by talking more with the client, finding out what the client is looking for, what are their needs, what are they looking to do, what is their training history, are they someone who's just coming back from an injury? Are they someone who's got a substantial amount of weight that they want to lose? Is there is there a process that, so let's just say there's a new customer that comes in and says, mm -hmm. hey, listen, I, I was driving by, I saw this fitness place, I wanted to come in and check it out. Can they just go in and work out by themselves? No. It's not that type of gym. Nope. So there's a membership, you have to ha sign up with the membership, and then there's a program that they, they go to. So. How does that screening process, you know, for people that may be, you know, looking to do something different, not just do the regular grind at the gym and just, you know, a couple of weights here and then and then they're out. They're looking for something different. Talk to us and explain to us what Coalesce does that's different and how the process starts. Our first step is a consultation. So we start one-on-one -on -one talking to people. What is it you're looking for? What are you here for? What made you Google? whatever you Googled or what brought you to us. What are their goals? What is their exercise history? What are they trying to accomplish? Uh, what type of injuries have they ever had? What have they done in the past? What worked about it? What didn't work about it? Why do they think they stopped? Uh, why are they starting now? What does success look like? What is the, you know, what, what is a, a reasonable goal for you? And then we start with personal training. We start with anywhere from nine to whatever amount of personal training based on that. So some people who are gonna uh, might have special needs or something, they might only do personal training. Um, and for someone who's got specific strength or conditioning goals, we'll start with personal training and then we start doing individual program design. But what makes us different is that, uh, first of all, we're, we're looking to help people live more active lives. We want to be able to produce results that are going to translate to real-world activities, whether that's playing basketball or chasing your kids or being able to show up. Like When we get hit with a foot of snow, being able to shovel and not be laid out for a week because your back is killing you from shoveling. Um, so we look at ourselves as coaches. We're looking to help people change the way that they think about their body, help them change the way they think about the exercise they're doing. Like we don't want people to grin and bear it. And, you know, we want people to start to develop a sense of accomplishment from exercising. And we do still do some stuff that's 
hard and like give me <clears throat> give me an example of the exercises that you actually do so just let, let's just imagine today's my first day yeah what would what what, what do you do because it to me I'm not envisioning dumbbells right or bench press right what is it that they would be doing what type of exercises are they actually doing I look at it a lot like cooking and so depending on the recipe depending on the the item you're looking to produce there are certain ingredients that you need to put into it there are certain things you want to leave out like if you were making pizza sauce you probably don't want to include I don't know I'm not much of a chef. Yeah, I'm not a <laughs> chef either. Uh, you're probably not going to want to put sugar in there. Right. What? Uh, I don't know. I think you might. In pizza? Yeah. In, in pizza sauce? sauce? Oh, maybe. I think so. No, that's in the dough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Either way. Um, so based on when we, when we do a movement screening on somebody, what we're looking at is like, what does each joint do? What are the, what are the limitations in the joint? Ankles, knees, hips, shoulders, elbows, wrists. What... Uh, type of movements do does this person need to be able to do do they need to be able to pick something up off the floor do they need to be able to stand up from a squat do they do, are they able to get off the floor without use of an object what are the movements what are the what are the exercises or the what are the ranges of motion that they might be missing that are contributing to that what are the strength components that are missing that might not be contributing to that then we assign exercises based on that can they stand up uh, on one foot onto a box or a step? Can they climb a, a set of stairs without being, without losing their breath? Are they able to get up to the top of their stairs without pain? If so, uh, if they're if if they're looking to like they, their knees hurt when they walk up their stairs or they can't pick up, you know, a couple pounds off the floor without pain, those are the type of things that we're going to ask and look for to decide which type of exercise that person would need. So everything is tailored. Yes. So I, and, and that sounds great because so many people, I, in my opinion, go to the gym and they have no idea what they're doing. How much is it in people working out that the body starts to get accustomed to the exact routine every single time? Like, is, is that something that hinders people's ability to really get the endurance they need when they're working out, to really get the results that they want well, I think part of what we try to do is to be able to find the what's appropriate, but also what's going to be interesting. Because if you're not following it, if you're not, if it's not interesting, if it's not somewhat entertaining or engaging, you're not going to do it. And you're not going to want to do it. Uh, the the whole like muscle confusion thing that got popular a couple of years ago isn't really true. Like just trying to like you do a certain thing for a little while and then change it. You want to be able to like have enough variety that it stays interesting with enough consistency that it stays effective. So we change you you'll pick those moves that are going to deliver the biggest return on that time for the person. You know, if someone needs to be able to climb, if they're going on long hikes, let's say, when they've had a, a hip injury or a knee injury in the past and they want to be able to hike pain free, well, then I'm not going to have them bench pressing two or three days a week. They're yeah, it doesn't be, make sense. Right. They're going to work on their leg strength. They're going to work on their hip mobility. They're going to work on their flexibility. Then they're going to go on hikes and be able to do that without pain and be able to get back and come back to the gym on Monday or whatever and be able to get back to training for the next thing. How, how important is diet in this whole thing? I mean, it's kind of like the most important. The most? I, it's definitely like if there was... I would put it probably the only thing 
that would be more important would be sleep and then diet because sleep is when your body recovers and that's when you go through all your hormonal processes that's when you everything gets fixed basically so sleep would be the number one thing and then nutrition would be the next foundational thing because that's going to affect your results whatever you put into your body or don't put into your body is going to affect your energy levels it's going to affect your chemical levels your hormone levels and it's going to so if you're trying to put on muscle you need calories you need to eat in a surplus because you're trying to put on muscle you're trying to put on mass but if you're trying to lose weight you need to be in some level of caloric deficit but you want to be eating something that's not boring to eat so a lot of it is kind of like when when we start with beginners we always start with something like a paleo diet or like the whole 30 diet where we talk about like hey try to eat these foods and avoid these foods and with the foods that you're you're gonna eat eat until you're full Give me some of the best foods that you think that people should have in their daily diet that you may even incorporate into your life. Yeah, vegetables are gonna, I would say, are probably the, the thing that most people miss out on because of just, they can be boring, but if you are you do a little bit of research on how to cook a little bit, you can make things a lot more interesting. But and give me some examples of what vegetables you actually anything. talking about. The more Broccoli. green, leafy stuff is, you know, the better broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, you know, the stuff that's going to fill you up, give you a lot of nutrients and not have a lot of calories. Because that's the thing that when people start to diet or they want to lose weight, they're like, oh, I, I feel like I can't eat. Um, because they're used to eating foods that are low in serving size and high in calories. But when you start eating more nutritious, uh, nutritionally dense foods, you're eating foods that are high in nutrition and low in calories. So the like... It's almost intuitive that 100 calories of broccoli is going to affect your body differently than 100 calories of a Snickers bar. But they're Snickers not. Snickers bars are good, though. They are good. They're great. Yeah, they're great. I know, but they're terrible for you. 100% terrible for you. Yeah, but there, there, there's like a time and a place for everything. And it's like, who are you? What are you doing? What are your goals? Like, if you were trying to get down to like five or 8% body fat to make it onto stage for a bodybuilding competition, then yeah, it's probably not a great idea to have a Snickers bar. If you're pretty content with your body composition and you're having fun and it's the holidays and you want to eat some Snickers bars, you know, go ahead, go for it. What is it? What is your <laughs> diet consist of? So mainly, um, give me your, your morning, you wake up, so you go to bed, so, like an average day. On an average day, I generally intermittent fast on, not so much on purpose, but I wake up at like 4 a.m. and then I probably won't eat until noon or two. Um, I've been fasting for the past week. Yeah. I'm doing 20, you're gonna- I watch Joe get excited when you say that. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Cause I've been, <laughs> uh, I've been doing it now for a week, maybe a little bit longer, and I'm doing actually 22 hours of not eating and then the two hour period that I'm doing. And then I'm going to go from like the 16 to 8. I'm just right now. I got to tell you, I haven't felt better. Mm. I've lost maybe 25 pounds, oh, not in a week, but yeah. you know, since I really started wanting to lose the weight, I, I, I gained weight over COVID and I just, I, I just couldn't do it. But the, the fasting thing to me is amazing because once my body started getting used to not eating, it wasn't as much as opening the refrigerator door, mm. staring at it, opening a cabinet, what's in here, picking all day. That was my problem, I was a big pick eater. Right. But I also now love the fact that I'm waking up in the morning, I'm not drinking you know, um, coffee like I was because it breaks you fast. You know, 
Black coffee, I, I heard that doesn't break you fast. But... Yeah, I have like a nitro coffee in the morning. Nitro. Yeah. That's that's something that's like what? What is it? Give, give me the example. It's, uh, nitrogen infused coffee. So they sell it. They sell it at Starbucks, but I have uh, a keg of it at a, a keg. Yeah, they sell uh, Sailaway. They're <laughs> local. I think they're in Deer Park. Sailaway Coffee. Uh, so they deliver kegs with a kegerator and a nitrogen gas tank, and it's like a foamy cold brew up, coffee. Eric? Uh, Sailaway Nitro Coffee, Nitro Cold Brew. It's in Deer Park. He said. Yeah. So, so, but no milk, right? You know, you just no, drink- so the cool thing about the nitro is that because of like the frothiness of it, it kind of has like a natural sweetness that doesn't add any calories. And uh, so like I won't add, uh, like, so not that I, I don't have dairy for any like health, like I mean health, I guess, but like I, it's not because of calories or anything like that that I avoid it. It's more of like dairy can be pro-inflammatory for some people. And I find that if I have too much of it, my stomach doesn't feel good so i limit it uh but because of like black coffee um with like the intermittent fasting kind of concept like it doesn't affect it much it's not i don't really intermittent fast because like that's what i do but that's just what i do yeah so so (laughs) sorry so so you don't really eat anything in the morning when you get up but give me a diet for the rest of the day um so most afternoons i'll come home i go to jujitsu and then i come home uh, I just started that right after quarantine ended. Um, but normally I would come home around the same time anyway. Uh, and I'll have like usually six eggs. Uh, some, egg whites or eggs? No, eggs. Uh, all of the nutrients are in the yolk. And, you know. Because there's a big misnomer that, you know, oh, you have to make sure that you have egg whites because yeah. the, egg, the, the yolk is not good for you. But you're saying that that's not true. You know, I'm not the one who wrote it but I, I do believe that that's not true uh gary tobbs wrote a, a book called why we get fat uh and he goes into a lot of depth about the how the sugar industry made a big play towards eggs being bad for your health or fat being bad for your health and sugar was a better option so that they really pushed low low fat foods and for to imp, uh in place of uh high sugar foods because now you got these fat free foods and everyone's like oh it's low fat oh it's low fat oh it's low fat but it's just pumped full of sugar so that you're getting hundreds of calories on small servings so uh based on that book and a bunch of others like i i generally eat eggs i check i get my cholesterol checked yeah that's it nitro coffee shout out to sail away uh yeah i get the keg of it shout out to sail away (laughs) so they um they uh they do the canned stuff and they also sell the keg stuff they, they, they do the box stuff so i get a keg oh is that is that the keg no 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 it's, a no, box. it's like a literal keg like with like a, a whole, literally yeah. like a literal yeah, keg, like, 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 like the a whole beer handle keg. and everything yeah you're doing you're doing keg stands in the morning of coffee i could <laughs> I <know. laughs> that's great so okay so so you have that you have the nitro coffee but what, give me some of the substance that you're eating um i like a lot of so like, eggs i like eggs i like a lot of proteins i like a lot of steak i like the chicken uh we have like kind of like a rotating menu that my fiance makes throughout the week. Usually like sausage, a uh, couple sausage dishes that she likes to do. She does like a turkey taco kind of thing. Um, so she's in charge of the cooking and, and she's got the whole thing. Yeah, she got a whole routine. She'll do like like uh, guacamole stuff and uh, a lot of like, she'll do like risottos and- how, how do you like, so you said you like steak. Yeah. 
How do you how do you eat your steak? Uh, usually like medium, medium rare. Medium. Yeah. Medium is little, you know, chefs get a little upset when you order a steak and choose one. If if you say medium. No, because they (laughs) they think that the more that it's cooked, I I don't know, Eric, if you ever heard of this, but the more that it's cooked, the more that you really don't get the flavor of how they you know, how great the steak is. Mm. That that's what I heard. Where's uh give me some steak houses that you love? Uh, I don't really do a lot of steak houses. I mean You just buy the steak and eat it? Yeah, like I do a lot at home. You know, steak and cooking. what? But if you did go, like to say, like a big top stick, is it is it a porterhouse? Is it a filet mignon? I love filet mignon. It's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it almost. I would say rare, and that to me that's what gets the best flavor. Yeah. Um, but what else? So steaks. Uh, you know, a lot, of, you a a lot of vegetables. You know, for snacks, I'll do like I'll eat like some cereal uh, with like oat milk. I prefer oat milk. Um, I just find dairy milk to be very abrasive on my stomach not only that though people don't realize you know so many people are consuming cow's milk Mm. and it wasn't until i really got the theory of wait a second here this is another animal right that was made for their own kind Mm -hmm. their own children so to speak for that to feed off of and here we are taking that and then adding additives to it and then think that that's actually good for our body. Yeah. I think it's one of the biggest causing causes of cancer in my opinion, milk, dairy, cuz you get so so much mucus gets built up into your system mm. that it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'm a big cheese eater. I love cheese. Yeah, it's... all different kinds. The stinkier the, the the better in my opinion. Yeah. But going back to to you you know, and you're saying how dye it is. Is that something that, you know, gets frustrated for you because you got people coming in there and they're you're trying to get them fit, trying to get them to maybe even lose weight, but when they're gone, they're off on their own and they're eating everything. Like, you know, and, and then they're not doing the diet that you're telling them to do and it's not giving them the results at the gym. Does that become frustrating for you? Uh, I mean, it happens, but I don't know if it's frustrating. I guess it, it can be frustrating, but you know, th- anytime you're talking about personal change or personal development, I think a big part of nutrition is, or being able to follow a nutrition plan is its habits. You know, it's creating new habits and finding ways to make these things work because the standard American diet is very convenient. You can walk into Seven Eleven and grab whatever you want and like basically eat something. But when you're really trying to follow something a little more organized and you're trying to eat more nutritious foods, now you got to think about your meals. You got to like go shopping. You got to do some cooking, and you got to stay organized. And and for most people, a body emotional stay in motion. If you can kind of get them to start making better choices, those choices start becoming more natural, and then the, the, it becomes a lot easier to follow that plan. So that's really what we start to try to do is get people into different habits. Most people who are coming to us are looking to make changes. Um, we're not uh, like we're not cheap, you know. So like people who are coming to us are investing money to spend on personal training. Well, how much is it? So uh, for personal training, it starts at like ninety nine dollars an hour, um, and then for our uh, individual programming, it's like 125 per week kind of thing. Where so these people, yeah, they're invested. Yes, you come here, you really want improvement, and that's yes. another reason why I think that it's a great idea that you're tailoring. Because if I'm paying a hundred dollars and I'm with ten other people, 
it's a whole different ball game than if it's just you and me one-on-one. Are you the type of rah-rah, get in your face, you got to do this type of thing? Or no. how does that, how's the atmosphere? No, I think we look at it from a more, um, it's a more controlled idea. Like things are meant to be a little bit slower and a little bit more towards the stabilizing your joints and being able to create better positions and you don't do that by moving very quickly and very aggressively so we do some stuff to condition people with a little more high intensity stuff where you're getting the heart rate up you're moving quickly but the way that we approach it is a little more systematic than what we used to do when we were doing more crossfit kind of stuff so no i i I think it's more of a it's almost like a zen kind of thing that I'm going for at this point. I want people to be able or be able to understand the way that they move and feel things in a particular way in their body so that they're understanding how their body is actually meant to work, how it actually creates the best and strongest positions and how they're going to be able to do the things in their life that they need to be able to do like, you know, just yard work or whatever without having their back or their hips or their knees be blown out. It's almost as if you want them to have their normal life back. Yeah. Where are they going to, you know, just get back to normal. Whatever you want to be able to do, you come here, you're going to, after a while, you'll be able to do it without any limitations. Yeah, just reclaiming their active life. Yeah. So tell us how people, where's the gym and how, you know, and the address and how people can get in touch with you if they wanted to sign up. Yeah. Uh, if they go to coalesce.fit, they can click on there and for a consultation come in and, and meet with us so we could talk more in detail about their individual goals what their circumstances are yeah there it is and right on the website coalesce fitness solutions yep. it's right. a great website too I, I, when i went on it i Thank was like oh this you. is nice you just got this done uh this is two years old we're actually having it reworked now uh just to kind of update it a little bit more but yeah that's I, our that's our basic we're right in east northport 2090 jericho turnpike and uh and what's the phone number that they could uh, my phone number is 631-310-3768. I'm kind of my own admin. Yeah, I love that. You yeah. get everything hands-on. You, I mean, you're the owner, and there's nothing better than that. If I'm going to get to this, if I want to sign up for something like that, I get in touch with the owner, and, and and we go from there. Yeah. So out of the gym now, I have a couple of questions for you. Cool. Okay? Just a couple of them. So you're engaged. You're living with your um, fiance? Yeah. You guys got any good shows that you're watching? What do you guys do? What do you guys do for fun? Uh, so, yeah, we watch shows. What do we do for fun? That We do a lot. Give uh, me the shows first. Okay. I'm a big show. My girlfriend and I, we're a big show couple. Yeah, so The Boys is our... The da- Boys? Yeah. I never, never even heard of it. Oh, come on. What is it on? Amazon. That's probably why. I mean, I you know, I, I have Amazon Prime. We have it. I don't like the user experience on Amazon Prime. You should get it just for the boys. The boys. Yeah. What is it about? It's about superheroes. Uh, so it's it's a really cool take on superheroes. It basically kind of parallels the Justice League in the kind of character, the characters. But it, it's sort of like they all, uh, there's a giant corporation who creates this super serum to turn people into superheroes. And it and they own like the strongest superheroes in the world are part of this dream team of superheroes, and like the main character, his name is Homelander, and he's like this crazy narcissist, and uh, it basically is like, what would these people be like if this was in the real world? What, oh, what kind of egos would they have? One to ten, ten being the best show that you've ever seen. What do you rate this show? It's high. It's high. It's probably it's probably a solid nine, if if not ten. Then what is the ten? 
what would a 10 be man yeah what on show? a show yeah that you absolutely were like oh man this is the best show that i've ever seen um for me it's game of thrones yeah i mean except the last season what yeah. oh i oh, love it was good it was you, but you were a big game of thrones <laughs> do you know that they are doing a spin-off of Jon Snow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be really good because I think that collectively most people didn't like that that final season. For sure like that last episode was terrible. You know, it was like all that fanfare and it was just that last season landed flat for me. Like I just was like I didn't like the way they resolved it. I felt like it was just put together, you know, like they kind of did it to do it. Yeah. And um but yeah, I don't know what a 10 would be. The Breaking board. Bad, that would probably be a ten. That's a good I, show. I would give Breaking Bad a ten. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. that was that was an excellent show. Yeah, because you can you can rewatch it and you're still like not sure what's going to happen. You I'm going to tell you another ten, Ozark. You know what? Didn't like it. What? And I didn't even like it a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, really? I I, I just couldn't believe that. It that didn't a... grab my attention. Like I gave it like like Dexter. Also, don't like Dexter. I watched that, and then once he started hanging out with his, once they found out that they weren't brother and sister, and they started hooking up, I was like, I'm out of this, because he's still the sister to me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It it was like, mm, yeah, nah, I'm they out spent of this. their whole life. No, I didn't. I didn't even follow it that far. Uh, but Barry on HBO is similar to Dexter, but way cooler. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the guy from SNL, right? Yeah. Barry. He's so good. I didn't. I'm, Bill I'm never, Hader. I never. Um. I never watched that. It's about he's like a a, v, uh, a vet returning home and becomes a hitman, and basically just follows him through. He gets involved with the Chechenian mob and like he starts you know hit you know, taking hits on people, and um. It gets, and he's it's really funny, and then it gets really dark. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I like that kind of. He dark. loses like he loses his mind, and like it's like really, really like. I always felt like Dexter was like they were kind of toying with him and his emotional state and like where he was at psychologically, and in Barry, like he really like Bill Hader does an amazing job, um, and it's got uh, Henry Winkler in it plays the acting teacher, and he's amazing. Um, but it, he 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 finds acting, and that's like his therapy. And he starts like questioning whether or not he wants to be a hitman. He falls in love, and then I gotta take, I gotta check it out. It's so good. Yeah, I have to it's check so it out. Good. What about real quick? What about movies? Are you a big movie guy? I love movies. What's your? Give me some of your favorites. Um, I mean the Marvel stuff is a big thing for me now. Princess Bride is probably my. All-time favorite movie. Our, we have a German she shepherd. His name is Fezzik. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, but I've never seen the movie. My girlfriend. Really? Yeah. When I met my girl, I've never seen Princess Bride. My girlfriend, um, it was her dog before I met her. And as soon as I met he's like a 115-pound, huge German shepherd. I was like, first time I saw I was very intimidated by him. But he's, he's a teddy bear. I'm like, oh, what's his name? She's like, Fezzik. And the first, I was like, Fezzik? I didn't even heard that. I was like, what a <laughs> stupid name that is. And she's like, it's it's Andre the Giant, you know, because he's so big. And yeah. I, I, I didn't even get it. It went right over my head because I never saw the movie. Oh, man, it's so good. I know. I have to check that out, too. That's, what else? I, I don't know, like, how it would land on an adult seeing it for the first time. I would assume so. It would be almost like an adult watching Goonies. Right. Like, it, it wouldn't hit the same. Yeah. You know? Because, like, even as an adult watching it, it still lands. You know, it still hit, hits pretty hard. But I, but I remember 
seeing it as a kid and being like, this is the greatest movie ever. And still when I watch it, because there's so much to it, it's so deep. There's so many like little funny things in it. There's like a lot of like, like the characters are great. The storyline's amazing. And uh, it it's really like, uh, Willy Wonka is the, is another one that I Yeah, put but up which there. one? Between the two? Yeah. I, well, I'd have to probably pick The Princess Bride. No, no, no. Which uh, uh, oh, the no. original Gene Wilder? Yes. Come on. That's, <laughs> it was one of the best. I, I, I think the Johnny Depp one should be stricken from the record. Yeah, I took my daughter to see that when it first came out. Yeah. What is this garbage? Is Tim Burton just garbage? Yeah. But I love the original Willy Wonka. I, I probably watched that more than it. Maybe. Ah, eh, I'm a big Avatar guy. I loved Avatar. Did yeah. you? Did you like Avatar? I liked it. You didn't love it? Not love oh, it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What about Godfather? You a big Godfather? Not really. I mean, I've seen them and I like them, but I feel like that was probably a similar thing. It's a generational thing. You know, okay. like it came out when, although Rocky came out in the same year, right? It was in 79. the 70s. I wasn't, I wasn't even born when Godfather came out either. So I'm 48. So I, I had no when idea. When did Godfather came out? I think 71. Was it that early? Yeah. Okay. 70, 71, something okay. like that. And then Godfather 2, then Godfather 3 was terrible. Yeah. But give me uh, give me a couple of other movies. Just when I think about that, they pull it right back there, guys. Yeah. What other movies do you like? Um, If I were, so. Hmm. Did you see Interstellar? No, that one I haven't seen. Oh, it's my, that's, you have to watch that movie. But I don't know if you're in a space. It's about, I'm, I'm like more of a music guy. Music. Yeah, music is really what gets me going. What's the one with the drummer? That was a good one. I forgot the name. Whip it? Whip, uh, the drummer. He was a drummer. He won the Academy Award. It was like three, four years ago. I don't know. Oh, God. It was such a great movie. That was really good, too. I, I can't remember. You don't know that, that movie, Eric? Was it Nick Cannon? No, no, Sounds no. familiar. No, but he he was um he's he's a kid that wanted to be a drum you know he started going to school to be a drummer and the guy pushed him his his teacher pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. Let me see. Yeah, it, it's, it's like <laughs> won the Academy Award I think two or three maybe four years ago. No, I don't know. No, I I don't know. Uh, like I never watch the Academy Awards or pay attention to much of that because I just don't have any interest in what. The Academy thinks of what's a good movie. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree they with never you. get it right. No, they're terrible. <laughs> they, they, they are absolutely. They're talking about Drumline, right? Because that's Nick Cannon. No, it was not Nick movie. Cannon. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely not him. It was a drum movie that I, I just I, I don't remember. I, I, who cares? But anyway, hold so on, on. so tell me uh, where, where are you guys getting married? Uh, Westbury Manor. Westbury Manor. You nervous, or is it something that you guys are really looking forward to? Is this something that you guys are just always talking about now? Uh, I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, especially as it gets closer. Just maybe Google drum Academy Award drums. No, yeah, I, I thought I had it and I didn't have it. So. No, <laughs> let me see if I have this here. Academy Award drum. Westbury Manor is a nice place. It is nice. Yeah, yeah. We kind of like looked at. Two places or three places that, that was Whiplash. Like Whiplash. I have not heard of that. That's what it's called. Whiplash. Yeah. yeah you never heard of that. It's a good movie. If you're into into instruments, you should definitely watch that. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit, you know, real quick before I let you go here about the gym. It when is it open? What's the hours to? Uh so we're open like in the morning. We have like morning group classes and we have morning uh personal training sessions. So we're usually like five AM until like ten thirty or eleven thirty, depending on appointments and stuff and then usually from 3 30 ish till like 8 30 at night so no one's really usually there in the middle of the day and and, and at night is that 
you know, you recommend people working out late, late at night when they're about to go to sleep or, you know, I think it depends on the person and like what their schedule is like, but just like anything, like I think it's so personalized with, with what works for some people. Like if you're, if you have to wake up at five to be at work by six, it's really hard to work out in the morning. If you have to be at work at eight or nine, well then maybe 6am or 5am would, is a better option. Like you have the whole day to rest and recover. Like I'll work out at night and sometimes I sleep really well. Sometimes I just don't, don't sleep well at all, but it's really kind of dependent on the person. Yeah. So there is no one answer. And I think that's part of the thing that we're doing is trying to find what's going to be the thing that works the best for the individual. And then being able to kind of talk through what that means outside of the gym, as far as like managing stress, nutrition, getting enough sleep, um, like those things all kind of like work together. You're not gonna you you're only gonna get as much progress as all of those things combined. Kind of how well you're covering them. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, listen, I loved having you on. Yeah, man. I'm, and congratulations with the gym. You oh, got your thanks. own business. What, and some that you really seem that you love doing. Yeah. And that's what it really is all about life, right? Doing what you love, helping out people. And anytime that you want to come back on, I really, uh, I would love to have you, man. Yeah. Really, I really awesome. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so yeah. much, Joe. Absolutely. All right. With that being said, this show, make sure you follow us on YouTube and we're streaming also on all the the audio devices, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all of that. And with that being said, we're out. Peace. Hey, this is Crazy Robin. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show.